I just, as you were talking, I was just thinking of something you've asked me before, which is what's the worst that could happen? And when I truly think of that, I'm sitting here and I'm so fearful of whatever it is, but when I really think about what is the worst that could happen, it's not that big a deal. You know, that, that really has been an eye-opening moment for me when you've asked me that before. And, and it just has helped to propel me for, okay, so what's the worst that could happen? I could say something to embarrass myself. I could, um, just whatever I make a fool of myself. I could maybe lose a relationship, lose a client, but really that's probably extreme. The reality is that the most likely worst that could happen isn't that big of a deal at all. And so that's just one thing I wanted to throw in there that you've taught me that has really helped me to come to terms with realizing my fears aren't real and they're holding me back from what I'm capable of. Amen. And, you know, Brooke, such a beautiful, beautiful distinction because we as human beings, we attach ourselves and identify as our fears. And what another way of saying exactly what you just said is that you have unidentified from your fear. Because for everyone listening, let me be crystal clear. Here's what I didn't say. I didn't say I don't have fear. I didn't say I don't experience fear of failure, fear of rejection. I do. I experienced a little bit of fear of rejection before even coming on here. I'm like, I hope I do a good job. And I'm pretty damn confident in myself, but it hit my nervous system, but it did zero impact. I actually did 30 pushups right before we jumped on just to get myself in the right state of mind to just move through that because I felt it in my nervous system. And what our work is, is not designed to make that go away because I haven't figured that out yet. And if anyone watching has figured out how to never experience fear of failure or rejection, you know, let me know, I'll call and buy your program. I'm not promising that. But here's what I, what I am promising is that we have mastered the ability to have it impact us and know exactly what to do with it to not have, us, not have it limit us. Because I cannot control the world. I cannot control what people are gonna do or not do. I can't control all the world economies yet, but I can control how I react to the world that I have full control and power over. And that's because I have self-mastery. So here are the tangible things to do on your road to your self-mastery journey. We call them the seven destroyers of self-mastery. And these would be the things to avoid, to not do, to steer away from. And you know, feel them all out because just think of it this way. It's a lot easier to not do seven things then try to do the million things we all think we need to do every day. I'm just telling you seven, and there's only seven that as long as you don't do these seven things, you are light years ahead of most when it comes to self-mastery. So number one, and we say this in a funny way on purpose, is not taking enough drugs, healthy drugs, natural drugs, no extracurricular drugs, nothing that comes out of the human body. So we're not saying like put anything in, we're saying create them internally. And these are the drugs we mean, endorphins, serotonin, adrenaline, chemicals that battle the stress uh, drug known as cortisol. Because here's the thought that I discovered in my own journey of self-mastery and Brooke and Rachel, I'd be curious on your thoughts. What I realized is that I'm never actually stressed when I'm doing something. I'm really only stressed when I'm thinking about what to do. But when I'm doing the thing I've been stressed over, it's never really stressful. It's thinking about doing it, thinking about what's going to happen, thinking about the best way to do it. That's stressful. But when I'm doing the thing, it's not stressful. So the first destroyer is not getting into your body. Not, you know, this isn't like workout in the morning, you're good all day. Because every single time anyone makes a decision, cortisol fuels through the body. Every time I'm kicking the microphone back to Brooke and Rachel, there's bits of cortisol being produced as they think about where to go next. Same thing with me. And how we deal with that is by getting into our body. We're not saying do a hit cardio workout every 20 minutes. I literally just did 30 pushups. You know, Brooke and Rachel were doing jumping jacks with heels and, you know, squats. And we just got into our body and it helps us battle the cortisol. So next time, and I know it sounds counterintuitive because when you're scared, the last thing you want to do is give energy, give it a shot. And while you're listening to this podcast, unless you're driving or somewhere unsafe, just like listen and go do something. And if you're like, I can't do pushups, great. 
do sit-ups. I can't do sit-ups. Great. Do squats. I can't do squats. Great. Do jumping jacks. I can't do jumping jacks. Do a plank. I can't do planks. Do one of those wrist things. I promise you, you'll, you'll, you'll get a pump eventually. You just got to do a bunch of them. Whatever you need to do to avoid destroying number one, which is not getting into your body in the fun way, is not taking enough drugs. So that's destroying number one. Destroying number two, which I would say I suffered from, well, actually it was destroyer three, but I'll give you number two, is not having a deep enough anchored why. Because sometimes when we're dealing with people, dealing with life, and we're dealing with day-to-day -day things, it isn't attractive, it isn't inspiring, it isn't motivating. And the truth is most of life might not be. And it's all based on our perception. And if we don't have the reason, like, why am I here? Because I wanna cause leaders to lead leaders to emerge ecosystems where one plus one equals a trillion units of value to make this world an even greater place. I'm not here to do a show. I'm not here to do a podcast. I'm here to partner with Brooke and Rachel to bring this content forward. That's what I'm doing. And part of my zone action is serving Brooke, Rachel, and the listeners by giving content. But I'm not here doing a podcast. I'm here causing leaders to lead leaders. That's my why. That's why I said yes. That's why I'm here. And it's a privilege to have this platform to convey this message. So number one is not getting into your body. Number two is not having a deep enough anchored why, whatever that is for you. Number three, I suffered from, and I would recommend to not model my journey here, which is not intentionally choosing the identities that serve your personal and professional life to move your mission forward. What does that gobbledygook mean in layman's terms? When I was 27 years old and I wasn't a lawyer, I wasn't all those things, and Sean's like, you're going to coach all these people? I'm like, is this guy out of his mind? I'm 27 years old. I don't have a, a master's. I don't have letters in front of my name. I didn't go to a fancy college. I'm not even a lawyer. I didn't even pass the bar exam. I feel unworthy. I feel less than. The identity was lawyers, accounts, wealth advisors are more than me. And you know that helped me in a way. It kept me safe from making myself uncomfortable. But no way could I coach Brooke and the people I've mentioned if I always thought I was less than them. And Brooke never made me feel that way. People didn't even make me feel that way. I made me feel this way. Me. No one ever said, Fernando, you're too young. You're too mature. I just told myself these stories and I believe them. So it's not like I had this traumatic experience. And if anyone out there did and got bullied or made fun of, like, listen, I have massive empathy. I'm sorry. I didn't. And I bullied myself because we're really, really good at telling ourselves what we're not good at, but we're not really good at deciding who we want to be on our own. And I tell you this with love in my heart, you don't need to walk on fire, jump out of a plane, you know, break an arrow on your neck, walk on glass to do all this. You can do it in your home after a couple push-ups and a notebook. This, this doesn't have to be like seeing a unicorn come from the sky. I've had some of my greatest breakthroughs in self-mastery as I go brush my teeth in the morning or as I forget my keys as I go unlock my car and I'm walking back home and I just have this moment. I'm like, oh, that's who I am. So the story number three is not intentionally choosing the identities to move your personal professional life forward. Number four is not intentionally choosing your beliefs. So an example is some people say during the holidays in December, you know, no one does business, businesses are closed. Okay, maybe. And you're right if you believe you're right. But what I believe is that most people are not working as hard. They're actually available. So it's the best time of the year to speak to people is on holidays and during the holidays because people just aren't busy. That doesn't make me better than someone that thinks that, you know, everyone's too busy on the holidays. It just gives me more opportunity. And I'm right because I believe that. And you're right because you believe that. And you're not wrong and I'm not wrong. But if I have to choose my value, whether people are busy or not, which one's going to help serve my outcome? That people are more available. Why? Because I decide to believe that. And these are the things that we let society choose. We don't choose ourselves. So that's destroyer number four. Destroyer number five is not being able to identify fear of failure. Destroy number six is not being able to identify fear of rejection. And when you can't identify it's happening, here's what we do. We avoid things. You know, Brooke, Rachel, is there like maybe a conversation right now that you're just not in the mood to have? Is there like a certain teammate or a certain client or a certain something or a certain someone, someone at home that, you know, maybe, you know, left a sock, um, in, you know, in the cup and the coffee cup. I don't know why you put a sock in a coffee cup, but there's like this conversation that we want to have. And because we don't want to fail or be rejected, we avoid. And the final destroyer, this one, oh, this one was I addicted to. And number seven is deadly. And that destroyer, we call it over chunking. 
what's an example of over chunking? All right, I'm going to go to the gym this morning, but hmm, should I wear a long sleeve shirt or a slurred chief shirt? Should I get my black shoes or my red shoes? Should I wear a headband or should I wear a wristband today? Should I have a bag or a backpack? I wonder if I should do arms or legs. Maybe I should do the sauna first. You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to go on the treadmill, but wait, what if that doesn't help my bones? You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to go do like a spin class first, but actually I think swimming is better. That's how humans sound. And that's over chunking. When the truth is, just go to the gym, pick stuff up, put it down, call it a day. And this is a, an oversimplified version of it, but this is what we do. Oh, I'm going to call this person, but first I got to go look in their LinkedIn. Oh, first I need to see their bio. I need to check their references. Let me go look at their website. And the next thing you know, eight hours went by and you never called the person. You would have been better off doing no research, calling the person and using Influence Master to build rapport. So those are the seven destroyers, not being in your body, not choosing a deep, not anchoring in your why, not choosing your identities, not choosing your values and beliefs, not being able to recognize fear of failure and rejection and over chunking. And with that, Rachel Brooke, I kick it back to you. Amazing. So that in a nutshell is the self-mastery portion of Unblinded. Am I understanding that correctly? Correct. So those are the, the destroyers are a subsection of what not to do. What to do, we have 12 components, which I mentioned some, finding your why, what's your focus, what are your values, what content do you consume, do you journal, what diet do you have? These are all tools that you can do to work on your self-mastery on the road to figuring out which work for you. What I gave here today was seven things to make sure you're not doing to destroy your self-mastery. So I think our listeners can understand why this is a valuable program, the un unblinded program, because it is so vast. Just You just explained seven factors that, as you mentioned each one of them, I thought, that's me. I do those things. Those are holding me back from accomplishing my goals. And so, and then when you just name that there's 12 things that we should be doing, it's just, there's just so much content that you couldn't possibly go over it all today. But but I want the listeners to understand that there is more to this than just what you're sharing today. And we're going to now transition into the second mastery, which um, let's talk about influence mastery, if you don't mind. Yeah, listen, Brooke, absolutely. And Rachel, any thoughts at any time, you know, would love to absolutely hear them. And influence mastery, which is in the middle, is what we're best known for. You know, we and Sean has raised over ten million dollars for charities. We did over two thousand speaking engagements from the Walt Disney Company, you know, T-Mobile, Salesforce. We work with extraordinary human beings. And you know, Oprah Winfrey, when asked how and why she held the microphone for so many people for so many years, is because every time she spoke to someone, she would say to herself, "I hear you, I see you." And what you say matters to me. And imagine this for a second. Most people aren't getting that at home. They're not getting that you know, from life. They're certainly not getting that from their work environment. So imagine being able to be a stranger, giving the gift of I hear you, I see you, and what you say matters to me to a total stranger. That's why we believe it's a superpower, not because we're wonky and like to use buzzwords, but truly, what else can you obtain? I haven't met anyone that can fly or breathe fire. So unless the CIA and the Pentagon is holding out on us, I'm going to stick with my you know, superpower of influence is like the ish because it's obtainable. I wasn't this. What I've seen Brooke and Rachel do in the time I've known them has been extraordinary. Their rise makes my rise look juvenile in the time in which they've done it. Their level of commitment to it has been extraordinary. Look at Brooke's videos from like three years ago versus now, and you can make fun of Brooke and leave it in the comments because where she was three years ago to now, uh, my sister's gone a long way. Who Rachel was as a host, as someone who can bring people together when she started, she was great already. I'm not putting any of them down, but where they were in comparison to where they are now, is extraordinary. And to be clear, I'm not saying we created that. They were great way before they met me, we did have a piece in causing it and showing them because they committed to the work and what we're about to talk about, which is influence mastery. And in life, we're not taught how to have a conversation. We're not taught how to listen to people. And here's a dramatized example of why most of the typical ways of getting to know people doesn't work. So influence mastery has four steps, 12 indispensable elements, 
and four energies. I can dissect Dr. Martin Luther King, Muhammad Ali, Mother Teresa, with four steps, 12 indispensable elements, four energies. And if some of you beautiful mismatchers are going, oh my God, there's 20 things to memorize. Yeah, brother, sister, 20 is a lot less than a million. So most people don't even have an idea how to quantify human communication, let alone distill it to 20 very small, simple, transferable things. If I were to go through all of them, it'd be overwhelming and confusing. And I might just do it for the sake of just having you hear it. But I do wanna start with one specific point. So most people have heard the word rapport before, and there's a big difference between rapport, true rapport, and emotional rapport. Emotional rapport is when you're causing, I hear you, I see, and what you say matters. Here's what most people think rapport is. Most people think rapport is, let's figure out what we have in common, and let's talk about that. So here's a very dramatized example of why that does not work, why it does not work. So imagine, all my listeners, that you're walking in to have one of the most important meetings of your life. Insert scenario here, whatever the scenario is. And you walk in to the office, and let's pretend you are a Derek, uh, a New York Giants fan, born and raised, like your whole family, you know everything about the, uh, about the Yankees. And you walk into this extremely important meeting, and right on the wall is a framed, signed autocrat bat baseball and jersey from the captain himself, Derek Jeter. And you're like, OMG, I got this in the bag. Nobody knows more than Derek Jeter than I do. This is going to be great. We're going to become best friends and sail into the sunset. And you're sitting across this mahogany desk. And here comes, you know, this person who has the life-changing ability to change your life and business with this meeting and conversation. So you're like, you know, kicking back, you're feeling real good about yourself. It is easy. You start chatting, you know, like, hey, so uh, let's call him Johnny Boy. So Johnny Boy looks like you're a fan of, uh, you know, good old captain, Mr. Derek Jeter. You know, listen, my family got season tickets. I know everything about him. You know, tell me, why do you love Derek Jeter? And the guy goes, oh, really? Actually, um, Derek Jeter was my ex-wife's uh, favorite baseball player. And we just finished going through a horrific, painful, bloody divorce. And I keep that on my wall to remind me not to trust people. What the heck do you do in that moment? I'll tell you, most people go, humma, humma. Humma, the meeting's over, rapport shattered. And that's why trying to figure out what people have in common isn't even an elementary version of building rapport. So I want you to hear these steps just so you can hear them. And I'm going to focus on one more called level five listening. But if I try to explain all of them, you know, as you know, Brooke said, we're about to have a four day immersion from Thursday to Sunday this week that we're spending four days just on process. In April, we're spending four days, 12 hours a day just on self-mastery. In June, we're spending four hours, 12 hours a day just on influence. I'm doing my best to give you tangible things, not hold anything back, give you the whole holistic picture and not make it overwhelming all at the same time. But here are the four steps, the building of emotional rapport, truth, pain, and yes, conveying and creating your heroic, unique identity, and agreement formation. The 12 indispensable elements, we use the acronym smaller QVC cubed. It's integer scarcity, matching and mirroring, acknowledgement, level five listening, unconditional love of boundaries, emotional energetic transference, reciprocity, question mastery, validation, congruence, context contrast. And the final four energies are aspirational goddess, Zeus and fun. No, I don't have a script in front of me. This is all from memory. And I just eat, breathe and sleep this. This is my puzzle. Those are all the puzzle pieces. I know how they interconnect. I know how to use them, find them at will. I don't expect you to memorize all of that. I don't expect all that gobbledygook to make sense, but here's one that will make sense. Level five listening is how we listen to people. And we're not taught to listen to people. We're taught, let's listen to what we have in common and talk about that. Just like we're never taught how to have a conversation with people. So here's an example, and the best way to teach level five listening is to teach you all the ways that it's not. As you can see, there's a pattern here. We call that context and contrast, another two indispensable elements. So level one listening would be, hey, Brooke, let me ask you a question. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite sport? Basketball. I love chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, that would be an example of level one. <laughs> 
It has nothing to do with, you know, basketball or what she said, and it has to do with me. So that's level one listening. Hey, Brooke, what's your favorite sport? Basketball. Oh, my favorite team is the Lakers, which PS it's not. I just use that as an example. So that's level two listening where now I still made it about me, but at least it's the same subject. So Brooke, what's your favorite sport? Basketball. What do you like about basketball? My daughters play basketball, so I love to watch them play. Boom, pause. Now, level three listening, here's where most people live, which is, you know, I kicked it back to Brooke and I asked, you know, a decent question and question mastery was an indispensable element. What do you like about basketball? And she mentioned, I like because my daughters like it and I love watching them play. Now here's level four listening. Level four listening is figuring out why someone even says what they say. So when I ask, hey, Brooke, what's your favorite sport? And she says, well, basketball, because I love watching you know, my daughters play. What I'm hearing is that Brooke um, might not even love basketball as much as she loves being an incredible example of possibility to her children and her being an incredible mother and being present for them matters a heck of a ton for Brooke. And Brooke, am I hearing that slightly correctly? Yes. I know That's nothing a, about basketball aside from watching them play. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And Brooke, have we ever had this conversation before? No. Mm -mm. And I heard that by how she said her children. I heard it. And I'm like, all right, she doesn't seem like the person that's going to tell me the rules of basketball, but she emphasized her children and the way she said it, I heard that that mattered to her. That's level four listening. Here's where you start feeling like and looking like a superhero. Level five listening is asking yourself the question, what does Brooke, is not just why she answered the question that way, that's powerful. But level five listening is what does Brooke want me to know about her? based on the facts and words she shared with me. Because the truth is no human being shares anything with someone they don't want you to know. It meant something to Brooke when she said her children. It meant something to her, is a big piece of who she is. And what I heard is what I just shared. And I can sit here and go long enough, and this is why a lot of the times that I'm not gonna do it now, and it certainly happened when we went to do a training with Brooke's office you know, down in Florida, is if we stay here long enough, a lot of times people cry. Not because we're mean, but they just never feel that heard before, let alone from a stranger. So that's influence mastery. So much more to do. Uh, Rachel Brooke, with that, I kick the microphone back to you. You know we're all about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case. At Bolts Legal, we are all about your case. Text or call to schedule a free consultation for all your legal needs. BoltsLegal.com. Thank you for not making me cry. <laughs> so, Fernando, you are a master at human influence, and that is the reason why I have been a member of Unblinded for so long, because every time that I hear you speak or hear Sean speak, I am always reminded at how much more I still need to improve upon my own skills. And the work of Unblinded is so inclusive that it just really, truly touches upon all of the areas that we need to improve upon as humans and as business leaders. And so thank you for sharing even just this small portion of the program and for being so vulnerable to share with us how you got to this place and the growth that you've overcome as well in your own uh, challenges. Thank you, Brooke. And as I mentioned earlier, and you know, uh, Rachel asked a beautiful question. It was because I had great mentors, and you know, the reason why this is not called the Fernando Show or the Sean Show or the Adam Gugino or the Tink Nicolaiello Show. The reason why our company is called Unblinded is because it's not about us. We just happen to be the greatest trainers of this work right now. 
But Brooke, I say this and Rachel as well, the both of you can teach this work and the level of commitment you've had, you know, we can teach it, we're going to teach it differently, but you're both masters in your own right, in your own sense. And the reason why I have, you know, gotten to where I've gotten to is because I've had, as I mentioned, really shitty mentors and I've had really great ones. And Sean's been one of the greatest I ever had. And, and talking about your mentors is a consistent theme that we've had from episode to episode. When we've talked about our own personal journeys, when we've had other accomplished professionals on the show, that is a common theme that we hear over and over again. And I wanted to have you on because you are a mentor and your program is a training and teaching program that is... Um, that is tried and true that I have subscribed to and has uh, helped me grow and develop. And I know that there are so many coaching programs and mentors out there who, uh, who I just don't know anything about. So I wanted to have you here so that if people are looking for a mentorship, if they are looking for a coaching program to participate in, this is one that can help you hands down it can help you and it's not the kind of thing that you go for a one weekend experience and you're a master at they have available every single day actually phone calls that you can participate in that help you in one aspect of this massive formula and you have one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions you have uh what they call deep practice sessions where you're you're actually hands-on practicing these skills with other participants in the unblinded program so it's not just listen to all of this very can seem what can seem very complicated uh, formula, and then you're out on your own, you guys have incorporated and sacrificed your time to be there teaching and coaching people daily in improving upon these skills. So that is another reason why the unblinded program has been so effective and influential for me is that it is, uh, it, it allows me to improve upon my skills and have that day-to-day -day assistance. Absolutely. So with that, can we turn now to the third aspect of the unblinded formula, which is process mastery. Can you give us an overview of that? Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for that, Brooke. What I, what I would share, as you mentioned on the program is all humans learn differently. And I will give a 120 second distillation of what I mean by that. I'm not talking about auditory, kinesthetic, or visual, is everyone learns differently. And let's just stick with the theme of basketball for a moment. So process mastery is in a headline, how you learn how to do anything, period. It's, you know, influence mastery is how do you have a conversation with people? You know, how do you listen? All the other things. Self-mastery is how you go to hello to yes with yourself, pretty much. How do you get yourself to do things? Process mastery is how you learn the how. How do you sell? How do you market? How do you recruit? How do you manage? How do you create a culture? Whether you want to learn how to play the fiddle, whether you want to learn another language, whether you want to learn how to recruit, lead, sell, recruit, whatever, there's a process mastery in how you learn to do anything. And process mastery has four quadrants. Modeling, find the model. Number two is time block effectively. Number three is maximization through measuring and monitoring. And number four is optimization. So it's just four pieces. But to go back to how the program's delivered, is because every human learns differently. So for example, if I wanna learn how to play basketball, if all I did was um, read books and watch YouTube videos of basketball and I never went to the court, I never bought a ball, I never played with anyone, I would you know, learn the rules of basketball, but I wouldn't technically get any better. That's the equivalent of reading books and watching online programs. It has value, but it has as much value to you learning how to play basketball if all you do is read books and watch videos on it. So it's good. And then let's say I joined a basketball group, which was just a group of people that play basketball. Let's call it at the YMCA. Now I'm not by myself. You know, there's some version of competition, but it's mostly friendly and there's all varies of levels. There's some people that are rookies, some people that are decently, you know, incredible. And I'm going to get better um, if I read books, watch videos on basketball and go to the YMCA. But now what if I join a travel team that has only, you know, seven people per team and you have to pay a thousand dollars, you know, to be part of the team and everyone there is not there to get a placement medal. They're there to win. So you're going to get even better if you're watching videos and reading books on basketball, you're playing at the YMCA, but now you're part of a small selective immersive team, but then you're going to get even better 
if you join an out-of-state tournament where you're playing with the best of the best and you're competing against one each other on a regular basis, if you do all of that, you're going to get even better. And then if you go out of your way and hire, you know, Phil Jackson or a, you know, incredible coach to be like, no, 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 you know, don't put the layup this way, put the layup this way. No, 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 don't flick your wrist this way, flick your wrist that way. You're going to get even better. And this is the same thing in life. It's the same things apply. You can read all you want, watch all the videos you want. You can be around the groups you want. You can be in a smaller groups. You can go on immersive experiences. You can have your one-on-one -on -one coach. The best way to learn is to do all of that at the same time. Plus the secret is to teach other people as you learn. And the way our program's designed, it's designed to incorporate all of that, which is what Brooke is talking about, is we have the online courses and the books. We have the large groups of people that want to hang out. We have the smaller 10, 15 mastermind type groups of people that are just really committed to accountability. We have the immersive in-person experience. We have the one-on-one -on -one connectivity. And we have the ability, like Brooke and Rachel are doing now, to teach this to other people, which is only going to exponentially make them better. So that's how the program's delivered. And we believe that's the best way to deliver anything. Um, I'll give you one more final story. I suck at golf. I am not good at it. I've never actually gone golfing. I've gone to a golfing range maybe four times in my life. And every time I hit the ball, it just goes right. There's like nothing I could do about it. And I went on a date with my, you know, we were about year one. And I've been dating Martha, my lovely girlfriend, for five years now. And we went to Top Golf um, with, you know, another couple and someone we, I was looking to do like business with. And they were good. They were like whacking it like 100 yards, 150 yards. And I was like, bloop, bloop. And I was like embarrassed because I'm, I'm competitive slightly, highly. And I was like, I can't do this. You know, my one up in me in front of my girl, like this does not have, it's not going down this way. And there was a gentleman on the little booth. I don't even know what this is called next to us. And this dude, I mean, 250 yards, 300 yards, just like whooping, just whacking. I was so impressed. So what I did in a super weird way is I sat, you know, utterly frustrated and I stared at this guy for like 10 minutes in like a super creepy way. I'm just like staring at him. I'm staring at his feet. I'm staring at his hands. I was grabbing the club, his wrist, his knee movement, his waist, where his eyes are looking, where his face is, you know, directed the angle of the club, you know, the swing, how much he would follow just any micro detail because I was modeling and I had this concept. I was modeling every little thing. And lo and behold, 15 minutes later, I whacked my first 100 yarder, my first 250 yarder, my first 350 yarder. And if you asked me to do that again today, I would have no idea how to do it. The point of the story is I was able to do that in 15 minutes because I just know how to learn. I'm not superhuman. I can't teach you how to golf, but I know how to learn anything I want to learn at speed. And I remember when I did that, I laughed and I called Sean. I'm like, dude, this stuff works because all I did was model. And that's what I did. So process mastery are those four components. And I believe this might be valuable. I'm debating whether to go through the seven levers or the four components of value for ecosystem merging. I'm going to go through the four components because it ties beautifully together with how to find a mentor. So when you're looking for mentors, you know, it's like the sexy thing is like provide value. But just like we're never taught how to have a conversation, we're never taught how to listen, we're never taught how to learn, we're also never taught how to actually give value to people. And sometimes it's not what we think. Sometimes value is just sitting and being a friend and not saying nothing and just giving people listening. That's valuable. Sometimes it's giving solutions. Sometimes it's other things. And when you have a mentor, you have a relationship with them. I would call that an ecosystem merger. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole for today. But when you're having conversations to merge values together, there's four ingredients in any exchange of value. I'd call this an ecosystem merger. Number one piece of value that you could exchange is identity. What does identity mean? Why do people take pictures with celebrities? Why do people take pictures with jets and cars and Rolexes and Richard Millies? It's because it gives them status. It gives them identity. Now, I'm not making that good. I'm not making that bad. I'm just saying that's an example of identity. Why does Cameo exist? because people like to have other people say good things about them. It feels really good the way Brooke introduced me. And I hope, you know, Brooke and Rachel feel incredibly seen and heard by how I conveyed their powerful identity. And that's us sharing identity. If Brooke just came in and said, and here's Fernando and said nothing, your listening of me would be different. And if I didn't say anything about what the things I've done, 
your perception of my identity would be different. So part of what Brooke, Rachel, and I have done in real time is build each other's identity and we're giving value to ourselves. This is intentional. This is part of what we teach. Some of you do it you know, instinctively. We do it incredibly intentionally. So one of the values you can give a mentor is just walk around telling people how incredible your mentor is, just like Brooke is doing for me. I, I, that means the world to me that she's doing this on her show with Rachel. Like that's incredible and that's valuable. I can't go to the supermarket and say, hey lady, Brooke said I'm her coach and I'm really cool. Can I buy these eggs? It's not gonna work out that way. She's gonna say no, but it doesn't mean what Brooke and Rachel are giving me is not valuable. The second component of value is relationship capital. It's people, access, relationships. And usually a mentor is gonna be the one giving you identity. Mentor is going to be the one giving you access to relationship capital. And then there's the third component, which is teammate with unique skill. So what did this 27-year-old give this guy, Sean, who built and sold a 40-person law firm by age 31, graduated uh, law school at $2,700,000 in debt, You know, has recovered over half a billion dollars for his medical providers, is a sole equity owner of a 140-person law firm, one of only two attorneys to have back-to-back -back national jury verdicts in the state of Arizona, the largest jury verdict in the state of Arizona. That dude didn't need identity from a 27-year-old. That dude had way more relationships than I had. But here's the value I gave my coach and mentor, Sean, is I was a teammate with unique skill. What was my unique skill? My ability to cause yes. And when we launched Unblinded in 2020 during COVID, I had $1.4 million worth of sales, which was about 60% of our sales volume that I caused by myself. That was incredibly valuable to Sean because he was too busy speaking, coaching, leading to take you know 1,000 sales meetings that year, but I wasn't. I had that time. And what's the value I gave Sean is that I caused yes. And that's what had him see you know, my worth and want to coach and work more with me and one of the reasons why I'm here. So for all of you looking for a mentor is maybe your unique skill could be just telling everyone how amazing he or she is. It's figuring out what is something that they need that you can solve as a teammate. And the final component, the fourth, is the most obvious, the most commonly understood, and unfortunately the highest value, which is money. And people trade money for value all the time. Hey, you have a conference and I want to be your main sponsor and have my booth and my name on the Megatron, or whatever that is, Bumbletron, whatever the heck it's called. So people are trading money for all this value. Um, but is it actually valuable? I'll save that conversation for a different day. So that's process mastery, modeling, time blocking, maximization to measuring and monitoring, constant innovation. A subsection of process mastery is ecosystem merging, which is what you're doing with a mentor. What are four components of value that you could exchange with a mentor? Their identity, relationship capital, teammates with unique skill, and monetary capital. Rachel Brooke, back to you. Well, Fernando, you and Sean both have made such a valuable impact in the lives of Brooke and I um, through self-mastery, process mastery, and human influence. I know there are still areas that I need to improve on just to be completely transparent. However, where I was when I first started my journey to where I am today is like night and day. And I can honestly say that my life is better because of you and Sean and the Unblinded program. And for all of our listeners out there, if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, you are missing out because I am sitting here and admiring Fernando's perfect hair. Um, so aside from your obviously amazing hair regimen, what is one thing that you do in your daily routine that might surprise people? Well, thank you, Rachel. I am uh, now blushing. And so thank you for that. Um, you, I, I, I thought I said nothing you say is going to throw me off my game, but I stand corrected. So now I'm uh, <laughs> off my game. So thank you for that. Um, it is a process to do this and uh, we'll leave that uh, for a different day. And, uh, Rachel, Brooke, I'm, I am perfectly imperfect. I'm a human. I have flaws. I cry. I fail. I have fears. You know, I have all these things happen and I have a formula that allows me to move through it. So outside of my uh, hair regimen, a few other things that I do that are incredibly important to me, um, I would say one is we would call it ECD time, executive co-creation and decision-making time for layman's terms. I journal 
and I talk to myself and I do this uh, every morning for 15 minutes a day. It's one of my non-negotiables. And I ask myself three questions. Number one, uh, what am I grateful for today? Number two, what am I scared of today? And number three, what's my zone action for the day? And I only give myself five minutes a question. And what it allows me to do is, um, you know, like I said earlier, we're really good at figuring out what we're not good at and what we're lacking and what we're not doing. But we rarely often think about what we've done, how great we are and all the positive things we're learning. And I start with the question of gratitude because it allows me to put those lens on instead of like this teammate isn't doing that. This day sucks. This is going to happen. I start with, you know, what am I grateful for? And then I ask myself the question that most people don't want to ask themselves is what am I scared of? And the reason why I ask myself that question is because to Brooke's point, it's usually a lot smaller and less scary than I actually think it is in my own mind. And then I can laugh about it and I can make it more achievable. So I just ask myself and I just write to myself and then I'll say, what's my zone action? And I like to keep it to about three things. Of course, as high producers have a bunch of things we're doing through the day, but I like to give myself a winnable day. And one of my greatest quotes and you know, mentors who's no longer here, not that I had a relationship with him ever, is Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant would say, I never have more than one losing day, meaning he never lost two days in a row. So last Thursday, I had a losing day. I just didn't have a good day. Uh, I just wasn't working out. Instead of beating myself up all day, I just said, all right, here's my losing day. But Friday, best believe, I'm going to have a great day. And when I have what I'm grateful for, when I know what I'm scared of, and when I have my zone action, I know that as long as I accomplish the three things I write down for my zone action, if I do nothing else for the day, I can go home, put my head on the pillow, and feel like I won the Super Bowl. And a lot of times we go through the day just not knowing how to win. And if we're looking to produce and we're looking to cause, it's rough when we're like grinding, 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 and we just feel like we did nothing that day. That sucks. It's not a fun feeling. And at least I give myself the chance to win every day and I don't let life decide. I decide. Life doesn't decide. I decide how I win the day. And that's incredibly empowering for me, Rachel. So thank you for asking. I love that. Thank you. Welcome. And, and I've, as I mentioned, I've been a part of Unblinded for a while. So I didn't think that I was going to learn anything new today, but I did because those three things that you just shared it, that you journal were incredibly valuable takeaways for me. I wrote those down and I think I'm going to, to implement in my car ride to school with my kids each morning is asking them those three questions because that introspection I think is super valuable and it will allow me and them to go through my day with purpose and intention. So we have a surprise for you, but before I show you the surprise, I have one last fun question for you. And I've heard you, or, or I think I read this, that your favorite superhero is Goku. Is that yeah. right? That is very true. Yes, it is. Why Goku? That's very fun. Um, and this is exciting. So Rachel, thank you for that question. And Brooke, the reason why you've never heard me is because I just don't share those things, not because I'm holding back. These are just my things. And I do them for me. I don't do them for applause or accolades. And I'm sharing them here because Rachel beautifully asked and thank you for receiving them in that way. So why Goku? So uh, growing up, there was the Cartoon Network and there was this thing called Toonami. And at 4.30 every day, uh, Dragon Ball Z was like on. And, you know, my coach loves Batman. Some people love Superman. Some people love James Bond. Some people, you know, insert hero here. Mine was Goku. And the reason why I loved him was because of his level of integrity. I loved that he was always training hard. Um, he never, you know, thought his talent was enough. And he had all these super saiyan powers as they called them. And he always kept training. He always did things for people outside himself. He was always looking to save the world. And he was someone that constantly, constantly worked on himself. And it gave me hope that if Goku can work on himself, then I can work on myself too. If Goku can go from being this way to being this way, then if Goku could do it, then I could do it. And he was my standard of, you know, he was a fictional character, but I'm like, that's just how I thought. I'm like, if he could do it, I could do it. If he could grow, I could grow. And he always gave me this hope 
And he's the person I would model when, you know, I would be scared and I wanted to channel some confidence. I would channel my inner Goku. And I've just like, he's had his levels of iterations and I won't go nerdy on you and all the versions of Goku. Um, but I've had versions of Fernando and you've met some of those Brooke. And so have you, Rachel, who I was when you met me, I'm the same dude, but I'm not the same dude, but I am the same dude, just like Goku when he was, you know, this, and then he was that he was not the same dude but he was the same dude, but he was not the same dude. And that's why Goku was uh, my guy. Nice. And he also has nice hair. He, he did. He does. <laughs> he really good hair. That is true. That is also. A point. I wasn't super familiar with Goku. So I, I searched him up and is he the one who says that he has a power level of 9,000? Um, I think that was Vegeta, but yes. Okay. Well, we have a surprise for you. We are super excited to show you this. We have made a video jingle for you about you. Oh my and God. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. I think this is our all time favorite jingle we've ever done. It right it now. <laughs> I can't stop listening. So, um, so I've listened to it probably a hundred times at this point. So I'm going to, um, without further ado, show you what we've prepared for you. Excited. Please do. When life has you stressed, Miss Biz has your back. Mom hack. Got tangles? Not a problem. Today's mom hack is for you. In honor of our guest, Fernando, we have the Tangle Free Hair Solution. If you put your hair out at a 45 degree angle away from your body and you start to comb your hair, it will create more of an airway and allow the tangles to come out more gently. You guys are fun. This is awesome. And you guys are like world champion jingle makers. Yes, that would out of all the jingles that we've ever made, this by far was our favorite. It was the most fun. Um, and it's gonna be really, really difficult to try to top this one. Okay. So we have you look at it. Did you hear that? He started work at just 13, a little bit young and a little bit green. A little young man with a great big dream. Fernando. A million bucks at 21, a whole lot of work and a little bit of fun. Some say he's the chosen one. Oh, Fernando. Founder of Adventure Called Unblinded. Integrity in business, he's behind it. Fernando. Some will say his gift is rare, but not as much as his perfect hair. Not a stray one here or there. Oh, ho, ho, Fernando. He's been in love for a long, long time. Stealing hearts is his only crime. Propose already. That's over the line. Fernando. Our curiosity is now arousing. A power level well above 9,000. Oh, Fernando. awesome that is awesome i'm sure martha is gonna love that video uh, very very much yes martha that is officially gonna be martha's number one music video of all time. So that is hilarious i am i cannot even express i want that everywhere the both of you are hilarious i feel like this is a setup for that and just hilarious i love you both i've never had anyone do a jingle ever i am touched uh, truly truly touched hilarious thoughtful incredible artistic creative and thank you both for making me feel seen heard understood and like what i'm doing in the world actually matters you are amazing we are so glad that you liked it and i can envision you when you're giving a talk and they call your name and you are walking up to this to the stage i'm playing this yeah oh, oh, oh fernando <laughs> that's my favorite part i laugh every time i hear that so 
Um, thank you for being amazing. Thank you for being here. And we are just so honored to have learned so much from you today. And if people want to find you, they want to involve themselves or learn more about Unblinded, what's the best way for them to reach you? Awesome. Well, thank you, Brooke. And what I'll do is that I'll share uh, a link with you. And if anyone would like to have a what we call a complimentary business acceleration session, I've ran 4,200 of these in the last three and a half years with all walks of life uh, from Brooke, Rachel, and many of the names we've mentioned, one unique individual after another, solving all types of beautiful dynamics and self-influence and process mastery. I had no idea about the music video. I had no idea that I was going to have the opportunity to share uh, at the end of this conversation. So I I'm unprepared, but because you all have given so much to me, what I would like to give to any of your viewers who take up on this offer, there's nothing to buy in the conversation. It's absolutely complimentary. We just created a course uh, on ecosystem merging. It's about 20 minutes. I'd like anyone that takes, you know, Rachel and Brooke up on the offer. I'd love to give that course to you. Um, we have a book on the seven levers of marketing and sales process mastery. I'd love to share that ebook with you. So on top of the one hour together, you'll get an online course on ecosystem merging to go help you find your mentor. And I'll share a course with you, the book, I'm sorry, with you on the seven levers of marketing and sales process mastery. So you can begin your business journey. Uh, so Rachel Brooke, I will share that link with you. You can post it in the description. And for anyone that takes it, um, please, you know, make sure to let me know you came from the show. And I might have a few extra uh, bonuses and surprises like our two beautiful hosts here when we have our conversation. So thank you for that, Broken Rachel. Well, that is incredibly generous of you. Thank you so much. And listeners out there, take him up on this offer. I promise you, you will not regret it. Unblinded has been a life-changing coaching program for me. And I'm certain that you saw the value of what it brings through Fernando's description. So thank you again. Till next time. We appreciate you and are honored to be on this journey with you. We can't wait to help you, to encourage you, and show you how to grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. If you found Miss Biz helpful, please leave a review and share with others. You can follow us on social media at Miss Biz Podcast. For legal questions or services, please visit boltslegal.com. And for digital marketing needs, please visit boltsmedia.com. Let's get biz done. Thank you.